0: Welcome. Your journey starts with improving every aspect of your life. Let's Talk Coralicious Leave Room for Dessert podcast is about discovering your true potential, overcoming your fears, and fighting life like the brave warrior that you are. Be sure to hit the like, comment, and follow button. Your host, Miss V, the Core of Life coach, has over 20 years of military and personal life experiences transforming lives from a caterpillar to a butterfly and bringing on the top influencers, successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and more who are rock stars in life business and relationships on days when everything seems overwhelming someone must remind you that there is light at the end of the tunnel and with rain comes rainbows what seems difficult to swallow today is exactly where you'll derive your strength from on the days to come you are greater than your fears and braver than you seem miss v the core life coach shares how the hurdles of today will build your tomorrow if you take the right road, your brighter future demands that you can step up now and change the game for yourself.
1: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to my second episode on BBS.com. Let's talk delicious. leave room for dessert podcast. What is Let's Talk it's learning how to live from your core, to love yourself from the inside out. So you can become the rock star in your life, business, and relationships. What is leave room for dessert? I have the answer. These are my special guests that are rock stars sharing their stories of being resilient in their life, business, and relationships. I am Miss V, the Core Life Coach, teaching you how to transform your life from a caterpillar to a butterfly. And I am the first African-American Iraq War veteran to speak globally on TEDx on June 10th, 2021. Today is going to be another epic and historic episode of Let's Talk Coalition's Leave Room for Dessert podcast. I call him the man of wisdom. The David Corbin is here for your listening pleasure. Did you know David Corbin was awarded the Innovation of the Year by Bank of America? and presented in association with former Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher, Tom Peters, Secretary James Baker, Maya Angelou, and others. Featured in Forbes Magazine, Inc., was the star and host of the movie Pass It On, as he hosted such gifted contributors as Brian Tracy. Gavin Keeley, Greg Reed, Les Brown, Mark Victor Hansen, Bob Proctor, Evander Holyfield, Mario Lopez, and others. The man of the hour, the David Corbin. It's time to get illuminated. Welcome, David Corbin, to the podcast. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, it's great to be with you, miss V. let's Let's get cooking. This is gonna be fun.
1: Yes, now, you did a, a TEDx talk, and I know one keyword that I really love is illuminated. So share with us about that TEDx experience that you recently had.
2: Yeah, illuminate. You know, it's it's funny. We are the sum total of our experiences, and I've come to find out that uh, that song. Remember that song? on the one of the Disney things. You've got to accentuate the positive, <laughs> eliminate the yeah. negative. Remember that? Well, I you know I've come to realize. Yeah, we should accentuate the positive always. But what I've found is those of my clients, colleagues, and studying successful individuals and businesses, they didn't eliminate the negative, they would illuminate the negative. And by that I mean when they're confronted with a challenge or a problem or an issue, they would go into the storm. I mean
1: mm-hmm.
2: you you are uh, you are you served in the military, you know that we don't avoid issues, problems and challenges. We go into them, and we deal with them, and we do what needs to be done to get her done. So the Illuminate model is basically saying, look, positive mental attitude is awesome, but nowhere in the positive mental attitude literature does it say we should ignore negative issues. Nowhere. So I say mm-hmm. we need to face it. So that's the essence of that, and I'll just end by saying this. my One of my mentors, James Baldwin, the Harlem-born philosopher, writer, playwright, he said, we can't solve everything we face, but we can't solve anything unless we face it. And I say Mm -hmm. in Illuminate, face it, follow it, and fix it.
1: Wow, that's amazing. Um, Who are your closest mentors besides the person you just mentioned and why?
2: Well, my mentors are, well, James Baldwin. My mentors are Frederick Douglass. Now, of course, he died many years before I was born. But um, but I read the books, and in that I'm mentored. Um, Frederick Douglass and, um, of course, Abraham Lincoln, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Wow. and then of course some of the contemporaries uh that you know that sort of touched me um Don Miguel Ruiz uh, Paulo Coelho um and oh. and many others so i'm a reader i'm a listener i'm a learner lifelong and these are all my mentors
1: wow that's that's so interesting that's a lot of lineage of history there david corbin um, I was reading your bio, and what really I really want to deep dive into, and I want you to talk about this for, for a lot for the years. I wanted you to unpack the, the face it, follow it, fix it model. Oh,
2: thank you. Yes, I'd love to. I'd love to. So, on the basis of face it, every one of us. Learned over time, there's something that we didn't face earlier. That if we faced it earlier, we'd be way ahead of the game, you know. And and Mm -hmm. so, you know, when you look at opportunities, like all of my inventions are based on face it, follow it, and fix it. And and I'll give you an example. One of the issues Mm -hmm. we have in healthcare today, uh, not just in the VA but in the VA as well, is that we have A lot of burnout in the emergency department. It's a high stress area. And so doctors and nurses are under a lot of stress for a long period of time. And they're not only burning out and leaving that hospital, but many of them are leaving the entire field. And so Mm. when you face that, then you go, whoa, now we follow it. So When we follow, we follow into the past, what's causing it, in the present, what's Mm -hmm. keeping it alive, and in the future. So when you follow it in the past, well, the reason there's such stress is because there's, you know, it's just the nature of the game, and sometimes we're understaffed, Mm -hmm. and sometimes they have to work long hours. You know the deal, right? You face Mm -hmm. that. that's where that's coming from. If you face it and you follow it rather into the future, Well, we're going to have a shortage of doctors and nurses. In fact, we already are. And the fix Uh it. Well, what can we do to reduce the stress? And our invention, the rejuvenation station, is a pattern interrupt in the stress in that we take that doctor or nurse and they either go into a pod or they're in front of our kiosk with a headset and there's nature video, five to eight minutes. It's Emmy-award-winning videos, Emmy-award-winning audio, and in a short period mm-hmm. of time, we interrupt the stress, and that becomes the fix. And that fix just won the International Healthcare you know, Design Award for Innovation. So it's face mm-hmm. it, follow it, and fix it. Problem, cause, and what could be the solution? That's the essence of the Illuminate model. you.
1: Wow, that is so interesting that you said it, and I can relate to my military career because they really told us to just do that, just face it, follow it, and fix it. And also, as a uh, um, a leader in the military, that was uh, basically what we really had to do. Um, can you unpack the difference between positive mental attitude versus negative mental attitude?
2: Well, you know, that's a a tendency. You know, you could have a tendency to be right-handed, but you still have your left hand, or you can, you know, you can be a left-handed. That's your main influence. Some people, um, you know, they're influenced and have a positive attitude where something goes down and they think, okay, I think I can get through this. And, of course, the negative attitude is, AIA and PLUM. Ain't it awful? And poor little unfortunate me. (laughs) So, you know, uh, but the the positive, positive mental mental attitude is, is, um, expecting the best, right? So, you know, Mm -hmm. you give one kid a whole bunch of toys and if they've got a negative attitude, they're like, oh man, you know, the batteries don't work or I don't know this. That's not what I wanted. (laughs) You get that's a negative mm-hmm. kid. You take a positive kid, you give him a big old pile of poop, and he goes, "I'll bet you there's a pony in there somewhere." <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're, they're much more, much more positive, and and all. And okay. so, you know, I I do believe we should always, always emphasize and accentuate the positive, um, and and yet we should also not ignore negative issues um you know if 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 this little mark on my hand god forbid is a is a melanoma um i don't want to ignore it i don't want to say yay look at all the rest of my skin it's great i'm going to accentuate the positive no no mm-hmm. you need to look at that and illuminate it and face it follow it and fix it because it just might be an issue it just might be a, a cancer god forbid or whatever so it's about get real. Just get real. Ask yourself on a regular basis, am I missing something? Is there something I'm not facing? And that's why Mm -hmm. when we have employees, employers, every once in a while, check in with them and say, here's what I'm working on. And I really want to get better at this. I'm curious. Do you see anything else that in your opinion, you feel I should be working on? and they'll help you to face things that you might not mm-hmm. see because as we say it you can't read the label from inside the mm-hmm. bottle you sometimes right. need someone on the outside helping you
1: yeah awesome 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 so what i would like to know give me three power words that describe you and why
2: That's a great question, Miss V.
1: I would say number
2: one, uh, I'll say number one, loving. Number two, courageously, courageously introspective. I know that's two, but I'm saying it anyway. Uh, We'll put a hyphen in between courageously and introspective. Um, And another one of my power words. It, it's it's a cousin to the first one, loving, and that's kind. I okay. believe um, those are the words that I hope to live into. I'd love for people, you know, I have a corporate training program called The Illuminated Brand based around the, ti- the book of the same title. And in it, we, oh. we talk about IBDs. What are your intended brand descriptors? How do you want to be described? And those are the words. I want to be described as loving, courageously introspective, you know, willing to to illuminate deep inside, and then also kind. Yeah, there we go.
1: Awesome. What is the importance of looking at yourself as a brand, as an entrepreneur, as an entrepreneur?
2: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, know thyself. that's critical. Um, they. Uh, it was Shakespeare who said, "To thine own self be true, and it shall follow as the night to day. Thou canst not be false to any other." Um, introspection was is the perhaps the root cause of my success in business, and I can tell you, at one point in my businesses. Uh, Lack of introspection was the root cause of my business demise. I literally almost lost a business and Mm -hmm. my home because I did not inspect what was required of me in the business. Um, Ah. But I do that now. I do that now. I think the most important thing I can teach an entrepreneur um, Mm -hmm. is this. And if I were a writing person, I'd be writing this down. I would yeah. ask my business. I'd ask my business some questions, and I'd kind of trip out and make believe I can hear the business talk back to me. <laughs> and the, oh, no. the questions I would ask are, what do you need me to do? What do you need me to do? What are the core competencies? What do you need me to do? And you write those things down. I need you to be good at marketing. I need you to be good at communication, sales, strategic planning, financial. For You write down. Number one, hey, business, what do you need me to do? And your business says, well, I need you to do these things. And you write them down. The next question is, hey, business, who do you need me to be? Ah, be. Mm-hmm. And those are the qualities and characteristics that your business says, hey, David, v, you need to be this, you need to be kind, you need to be courteous, you need to be mm-hmm. tenacious, you need to be whatever. And you write those mm-hmm. down. Now, with those two lists, you now strip yourself down of ego and you rate mm-hmm. yourself on your ability to bring it, to deliver it. And you seriously rate yourself on a scale of one to ten. Ten is you could bring it tomorrow. Two means Mm -hmm. you got some work to do, girlfriend. You got some work to do, boyfriend. And when Mm -hmm. you have those lists and you see that now you set some goals, if you're a two, set a goal to be a five. If you're a four, set a goal to be a six and close those gaps, that's the introspection. That's the Mm -hmm. inspection. And that's the courageous building yourself to be able to deliver to your business so you could be maximally successful, effective, and have a high degree of fulfillment.
1: Awesome, awesome, awesome. What I would like to talk to you about is how do you handle a an individual that has some personal issues and it starts showing in their work performance, how would you handle that type of uh, individual or person that, that, that works for you? How do you handle that?
2: Yeah, that's an interesting question.
1: Um, you know, we,
2: we must be clear on our expectations of performance. We must be clear and set standards. I believe we build people. That's part of our job is to build people. And so when mm-hmm. we're real clear that we need X performance is measured by this and demonstrates by that, then we want to focus in on that. Now, obstacles to the performance, that's illuminating. So we mm-hmm. we ha- we're not reaching the performance. Now the performance is in your output. I need you to produce X widgets an hour, but it's also in your attitude and behavior within the organizational culture. So we set guidelines. We have brand values as established in the organization. And then what we want to do is monitor an individual's output and behaviors according to our mutually agreed upon standards. So, If, for example, here, hit me with an example of what that might look like, and and I'll show you how I might handle it. And I don't know everything, and I don't know that what I'm going to say is right, but I trust in my instincts and my experience. So hit me with a situation that you could either think of or you could recall of a quasi-attitude issue in business.
1: Okay, I can, uh, I'll walk you through a scenario uh, because as in when I was in the military, I had a a young man that was always outgoing, happy-go-lucky, but then his performance started to decline. And so I was really wondering how was he really doing. Eventually, he was, uh, he came to me. But he came to me too late that I had to um, terminate him, and I had to have him to, I had to, um, I had to have him to relocate to a different office because of that. So mm-hmm. it's a two-fold yeah. to the question: is how did I measure up as being the leader to support him? What do you think I should have done? And then how? could I have helped him to be able to become more productive in the work environment?
2: Well, you know, it's not having all the details. I can only sort of really talk around the edges of it. But
1: mm-hmm. when
2: when I see that someone's performance is going down, I wanna make sure first off, it's so important that we're checking in regularly. Will you, for example, the direct report. Uh, to Was that your relationship together, or is there another layer of uh,
1: supervision? It was. A, it was actually another layer.
2: You know, if the question is, "Is what could you do?" Gosh, mm-hmm. the I, I can't. I can't say except this: making sure that all of the people who report to you are very mm-hmm. clear on how to love, serve, build. Goal set Uh and reprimand and course correct all of their people. They need to know the skill set to stay awake, stay alert, stay aware, Uh stay connected, stay clear with their Uh people. So you probably caught it after the fact, right? Uh So I don't know, but you might have caught it after the fact. Um, I take personal responsibility as a leader. So if one of my supervisors underperforms in handling this type of a situation, I'm going to point Mm -hmm. the fingers at me and say, David M. Corbin, what is it (laughs) about your leadership that you didn't check in with those supervisors so they had massive clarity? And Mm -hmm. you hate to sacrifice an employee, which is to say eventually you had Mm -hmm. to terminate them, that is a okay. costly decision. And if you paid yeah. the price of that costly decision, I say, well, then let's get value out of it. Let's unpack the scenarios and make sure that all of our supervisors are very clear on what our expectations are and how they can handle a lapse in productivity in one of their employees. I would role rehearse with them. I would reference mm-hmm. them to certain books or, or YouTubes. I'd make sure that everybody mm-hmm. is sharp on this and that we have a post-mortem on the situation, and we learn mm-hmm. from it, and we move forward together, lockstep with systems and checks and balances and communications so that we don't underserve another individual. Take massive responsibility mm-hmm. and say, what could we learn? The, the good Lord comes always to instruct, not to obstruct. So, in this situation, mm-hmm. what is the lesson? And that's that's a culture, and that's a t- mm-hmm. tactic and a strategy. But that's how I would approach it.
1: Mm-hmm. Very good, very good. Now, I'm looking at your bio, David Corbin. I'm looking at it, it says you are a former crisis intervention counselor. Can you tell us a little bit more about being a crisis intervention counselor?
2: Yeah, it's, it's another form of face it, follow it, and fix it, though okay. <laughs> I was very young and I had yet to mm-hmm. uh, sort of discover and create that model. But one of the things mm-hmm. that, that we faced uh, on campus was that there were a lot of people that were experimenting with drugs uh, psychedelics mm-hmm. and otherwise, and some of them were getting sick, some of them were having bad trips, and there was really mm-hmm. not a very, it, there wasn't a lot of solution there. So we worked mm-hmm. with the NDATC, the National Drug Abuse Training Center, and we set up okay. a crisis intervention center. Uh, the state of New York covered us through the state of uh, SUNY, State University of New York at Buffalo. And we just started taking trainings, and we lot people would come in, or we'd do outreach at concerts, and then we had uh, a 24-hour uh, crisis intervention hotline, if you could call it the problems. And so mm-hmm. we, we set up one of the earliest community crisis intervention centers serving the needs that weren't mm-hmm. being faced, and that was our, our fix-it, <laughs> was having – um, what was then called Sunshine House Buffalo Crisis Center Inc. Uh, to be able to have volunteers, to be able to be trained. Many of us took EMT licenses mm-hmm. so that we could help out in areas where we were sort of underserved.
1: Oh, wow, that's powerful that you would um, have that experience. That's that's amazing that you would have. We have a of uh, a, a vast knowledge of experiences, I'm going to switch gears, David Corbett. I'm going to go into, uh, you said it served as a management and leadership consultant to businesses and organizations of all sizes from Fortune 20 companies to businesses with less than 1 million and enjoys the fun and challenges of all I would like to know more about how you serve those companies with your uh, illuminated business model.
2: Well, yeah, I, I've I've served these organizations in various functions of consulting, um, and mentoring, and training, uh, and keynotes, and. Okay. It, it really was a function of where the organization is at and what they needed. So in one case, um, you know, a, uh, uh, a, a pizza company, I won't tell you the name of it, but it rhymes with schmumino's <laughs> pizza. And uh, okay. anyway, they, uh, they had an issue where, you know, the profits were not where they needed to be, and so they faced that. Uh, and then following mm-hmm. it is, you know, why is that? And we followed and found, mm-hmm. well, people are pretty much buying whatever little package was that they saw on Penny Saver or something like that, you know? And, mm-hmm. uh, and, and we also found out that 78% of Americans didn't know what they're having for dinner by four thirty PM. So they, they'd call up and say, yeah, I've got, I got my two kids and my neighbor's kid and my dog and, my wife's coming home mm-hmm. later, and I need to I need to buy some pizzas and whatnot. And so, okay. and then they put on hold and whatnot. Well, what we made them realize is they thought they were in the fast food industry, but when we illuminated it, we found that they were in the crisis intervention industry, kind of like I was a million years ago. <laughs> and, and oh wow! People were calling up saying. They got this problem. Well, when you call crisis intervention, you don't want to be put on hold. You want somebody to step up and help you. So we train the people to answer and say, you know, you got two kids and your neighbor's kid and the dog and the wife coming home. What do I do? You train them to say, not a problem. That's what we do. You're going to want our plan B, which has this and that and that and this. And, And they were like, yes, that's perfect. So just in shifting it. So that's an example of serving a company that way. Recently, mm-hmm. um, and currently, I'm serving a very large organization with the Illuminated Brand uh, Program, which is a corporate training program where we take mm-hmm. them through a process of, you know, what are your brand values and how do you want to be mm-hmm. described? And then doing it mm-hmm. an, an ABBY, which is an Audit of Brand Integrity, and in that order mm-hmm. of brand integrity, you're saying, with this person I'm interacting with and this descriptive adjective, am I earning that descriptive adjective in that situation? Because if I am, that's a brand integrity. That's good news. Yay, mm-hmm. accentuate the yeah. positive. But in this other one, in with this prospect or this customer and this descriptive adjective, responsive, whatever, am I mm-hmm. living it? In my order to brand integrity? You go, well, no, not really, not always. That's what we call brand slaughter in the first, second, mm-hmm. or third degree. And so we'll, we'll bust somebody and put somebody in jail for manslaughter. It's about time mm-hmm. we hold people accountable for brand slaughter. And so
1: mm-hmm. it's
2: good news where we find we're in brand integrity, but it's actually even mm-hmm. better news when we find out where we're in brand slaughter because then we could do the next phase, which is SBI. Mm-hmm strategic brand initiatives, and then people get Mm -hmm. together and go, ooh, ooh, what if we did this to close the gap so that we were more responsive? Mm -hmm. And then as a team, we're solving for those problems, and that Mm -hmm. all equals massive brand value and a super reputation. So I work in different areas, in different organizations, and yeah, I enjoy doing it with large companies and small companies, and I love the Mm -hmm. diversity of different projects solving for different programs and different people and, you know, diverse populations of different cultures. And it's just a blast. (laughs) I'm digging it. Well,
1: well, since you say it's a blast, have you ever went into um, a company that was really struggling with trying to meet their goals? And uh, they just felt like they were just going to go out of business. Have you ever had that situation occur?
2: Uh, Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Um, I can think of of one. There was a college, um, and it's an amazing college. It was a bodywork college, and it's one of the few in the country that did an associate, a bachelor's, and a master's degree in touch therapy, somatic therapy. And they had some Uh of the finest Uh, faculty, um, you know, people who are disciples, descendants, or work directly with the top people in the world. So they reached out and said, you know what? In the classroom, we're extremely functional. But as a business, we're extremely dysfunctional. (laughs) We're not making money. Mm -hmm. In fact, we're losing money. And, um, and, And because I believed so much in the work that they were doing, um, I took them on. I worked with them. We created a, a model such that uh, we created a student massage therapy center, and that made the revenues that offset the losses in the, uh, in the tuition. And um, we were able to stave off bankruptcy, and we put them in a position of profitability. And that was a, an exciting, wonderful venture. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was that was kind of cool uh, being a part of that process.
1: Awesome! I'm reading here that you were a four time Wall Street Journal best selling author and has been yes, I to am as Robin Williams with an MBA. Tell us about that, David Corbin.
2: <laughs> well, I'll tell you, um, I, I like I like observing things in life. Trying them, using them, applying them, my businesses, the clients, and then spreading the good news in in the books. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I like sharing those ideas through the books. And uh, happily, it's wonderful. The acceptance was pretty strong, and books have made Wall Street Journal and USA Today oh, the yeah. list And and that um, I always wanted that early on. It was rare yeah. to be a Amazon bestseller, and I was really proud for that. It's a little different yeah.
1: now
2: because, yeah, it's a, it's different. There's people working systems and all, and it, you know. But but anyway, so I'm very pleased um, that the messages are resonating uh, with people. And as for being a Robin Williams with MBA, people just call me that. I I, I have an honorary doctorate. I don't have an MBA, but okay. I do like to have fun. With my audiences mm-hmm. and when I work, uh, I did a workshop recently for the sheriff's association, and um, mm-hmm. and I set down some ground rules on how to deal with stuff and how to answer. And when somebody didn't do it right, I had everybody throw candy at them, and we just laughed and had fun. And I had you know you know uh, individuals who might otherwise be very serious having fun and joy and you know what i found is there's some science mm-hmm. that says as tension goes down retention mm-hmm. goes up so i like to have fun because i want to teach i want it to land i want people to be motivated i want people to be mm-hmm. able to have information and tactics and strategies that they that they're motivated to use and for them to use them and i know that mm-hmm. fun Funny, love, kind, really, really greases the skids for all of that.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm going to dive into a little bit of your personal life a little bit. You seem to be a very outdoorsy type of individual. Where does that come from? I said you seem to be such an outdoorsy type of person. So where does that come from that you like the... Outdoors, you're you're seeing like you're wild and free, enjoying life. Where does that
2: come from? I do I do love the outdoors. I do love the outdoors. When I was a little boy, my cousins, uh, my brother and sister and cousins, we'd go out after it rained and we'd pick blueberries and we'd catch salamanders. And five years old, I'd go out to the lake and I'd go fishing and I loved doing that. And uh, we, you know, if a big old tree fell over, got hit by lightning out in the woods, a big, big root comes up, you know, looks like a like a 10 foot wall. And we made our we made our forts and we had fun. And I'd hammer in a light switch on that tree trunk and made my cousins turn the light on before they went into the fort. forest. Oh,
1: wow. I, I
2: just had so much fun. And now, uh, now I've I've got a little bit of land here in San Diego where I live with my, oh. my beloved bride. And We've got mm-hmm. chickens, and we got a pond with turtles, and we got lizards wow. and squirrels, and we uh, we call them the mules. I feel, feed the mule, like, honey. I'm going to go feed the mules, the mule, <laughs>
1: and
0: uh,
2: and uh, go get the get the eggs out of the chicken coop. So. Um, I just, uh, yeah, I love, I love the outdoors. The good Lord um, gives us such, such a gift of a healthy body mm-hmm. and, yeah, and healthy food. And we live yeah. in a time when we wake up and we can turn on a light, turn on the heat. By and large, most of us can do that. More people than, mm-hmm. than in most times, notwithstanding, mm-hmm. so many of our brothers and sisters who are out on the street, others who are struggling mm-hmm. to make it work. I'm not insensitive to that, but at the same token, wow. what I do have and what I've created, I'm massively mm-hmm. grateful for.
1: Okay. I do have another question for you. I was just thinking, you have an extensive resume. Where do you see yourself in three years from now?
2: You yeah, I, I'm going to be celebrating. Different? No, no, I think, um, well, the, there's always different. So I keep myself open, you know, because I, I, I learned when mm-hmm. I was at that little party I went to in 1969 called Woodstock with a half million people, I learned that we're either green what? and growing or ripe and rotting. So I'm always going to be learning and changing and growing and shedding some skins mm-hmm. and growing new skins, mm-hmm. and meeting new people and being mm-hmm. influenced and learning and growing. So always that. As it stands uh-huh. now, The vision that I have for myself in three years is Mm -hmm. uh, still waking up in the same home, God willing, Mm -hmm. waking up healthy and happy next to the same magnificent goddess that I call my wife Anne, Mm -hmm. and enjoying enjoying the growth and the benefits to me and to my clients of the Mm -hmm. rejuvenation station. Um, I will continue to mentor. Um, mm-hmm. When I have openings, I invite people to email me, david at davidcorbin.com, mm-hmm. and see if they're interested in being mentoring. It's, and so mm-hmm. I see myself doing that. I'll always do that. I'll always be doing the work with Junior mm-hmm. Achievement, which I enjoy um, uh, working with. And then I also see myself doing my keynotes again. Uh, okay. I stopped doing those to build businesses. So I, mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to share me my thoughts my mm-hmm. ideas, my heart um, and, and my soul I sell what I sell people is what I see, mm-hmm. what I know and who mm-hmm. I know so I'll, con- I'll do that mm-hmm. till they, they, uh, they put the last nail in the box you know
1: I get it I get it. So what was your experience when you first did your first? keynote experience. Share with us how that went, your first (laughs) keynote speech. (laughs) I I couldn't sleep for
2: two weeks. I was so nervous. I'd gone to Toastmasters. I I was always a good communicator, but nervous about this idea called called speaking. And even when I went to Mm -hmm. Toastmasters, one of my business partners, a guy named Brian Tracy, wonderful, wonderful mm-hmm. speaker, brilliant thought leader. And mm-hmm. and we worked. He was the speaker. He was out there. I was doing the other stuff and and, uh, and all. And, and his mentor said to me, his mentor was a guy named Bill Gove. He was, I think, the first president of the National Speakers Association. He said, David, you need to get out from behind the curtain. You should be <laughs> on that stage. And I went, I said, oh, that's so sweet, Bill. Thank you so very much. That'll never happen. But it's just nice that you feel that. I'm sure it is. And he made me commit to going to Toastmasters. And oh, my God, oh, I did. God. Oh, and I was so mm-hmm. nervous. And I remember going there, and I sat by the door in case I passed out. The paramedics would take me out easily. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. That's how phobic I what? was, you know. And you've seen me speak now. Now I dance oh, on yeah, stage. I, I laugh. Know. I do personal. What? Yeah. But then I'm telling you, my starting point was from negative zero. So then so I got anyway, I got my first keynote speech. It was for the NWPC, National Wooden Pallet and Container Association, the association of people that that, that deal with pallets and containers. And it was at the Mm -hmm. Hotel Del Carnado. Well, I went Mm -hmm. there a week before to see what the room was like. And I was Mm -hmm. it was it was nerve wracking. Once I got started. And I realized, mm-hmm. David M. Corbin, this is not about you, brother. This is about the message. Shut up mm-hmm. and share mm-hmm. with. And once I got past that, I was like, hear mm-hmm. me with your best shot. Fire away. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Todd Benatar, you know. And I was like, but but at first, I'm telling you, mm-hmm. my hands were sweaty. I, I was, yeah, yeah. And it uh, takes a little bit of time. Some people who are listening might have that mm-hmm. interesting fear. I always say, don't mm-hmm. use the N-word, the other N-word, nervous. Uh-huh. Uh, don't <laughs> use that. Don't use that. Right. And And say you have energy. And then you say four things. Four things are, I'm glad that I'm here. I'm glad that you're mm-hmm. here. I care about you. I know what I know. And those four things you say mm-hmm. over and over again that answers the unconscious beasties that are trying to sabotage you. You see, I'm glad that I'm here. Yeah, I'm glad that I'm here. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, good. Okay. Uh, I'm glad, I'm glad that you're here. Cool. You don't scare me. I, 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 mm-hmm. I care about you. So I'm going to share. I know what I know and it answers this question. So my first one, <laughs> 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 and it, over time, it got a little bit better and better and better and then mm-hmm. more better and then mo better and then, wow, yeah. bring it. I love it.
1: <laughs> yes. Do you ever keep track of how many keynotes you've done?
2: No, I never have done that. You know, if you want to get certified with the National Spear- Speaker Association, you really do need to keep track of that. I've never mm-hmm. done that. I've never desired to get any letters after my name. Uh, And so I've never really done that, but I would say um, I've done a lot and I want to do a lot more.
1: Wow. So that's amazing. I would love to hear you have a, a keynote speech on illuminate your life and business and professionalism in the work environment. I think that would be just a spot on topic, but what I would like to do is I like to uh, switch gears, David Corbin, and let's go into pass it on. Um, I see that you were in a movie and you were the star and host of that movie. Tell us a little bit about that movie.
2: Well, I I don't know that I was I was the host, but I don't know that I was a star. How could you be the star <laughs> of a movie where you got the President <laughs> of Southwest Airlines and Congressman and Actors like Mario Lopez and Seth Green and have Brian Tracy and Les Brown and the chicken soup guys and Greg Mm -hmm. Reed and all these people. So there were 65 people and there were 65 stars. And um, the movie was an idea. I was mentoring a guy named Greg Reed. Still do. Always will. He's my family. He's my brother. My father, he's my son, and uh, uh, and so he had this idea for pass it on. Uh, the idea is based on the fact that you know societies, organizations, and people will flourish or perish based upon their ability mm-hmm. to pass on applied wisdom, you know, from generation wow. to generation. Mm-hmm. And so this movie is um, four key areas of excellent ideas and hacks. And the areas are wealth, inspiration, success, and happiness, W-I-S-H. And people say, "Well, does that mean I could wish my way to success? No, not even close. (laughs) But when you go into these vaults in this bank, Mm -hmm. you're gonna get Mm -hmm. nuggets worth more than gold and diamonds and platinum, because these are ideas Mm -hmm. and concepts wisdom that you could put to use and it's a beautiful it's like a bank in the movie. In fact, jot this down. Pass it on okay. on YouTube. Pass it on. And okay. put pass it on plus plus Greg Reed. If you put pass it on plus Greg Reed, you'll see the okay. whole movie for free on YouTube. Hey.
0: And, and I'm gonna
2: so do it. it it's so it's it's so cool and and I, I'm the host of the movie. And, Ms. V, you might not recognize me because I was 55 pounds heavier back then. <laughs> and uh, okay. it was before I got laser surgery. So I was a chubby guy with glasses, but still good looking. Wait a minute. Anyway. You were a
1: chubby
2: guy with glasses? Oh, I needed to illuminate my health. Yeah, I needed to I face the fact that I was overweight and and on you know statin drugs and stuff. I had to follow that and say someday I'm going to be a grandpa. Well, I wasn't then, and I mm-hmm. am now four times. And I want to live. Mm-hmm. I want to fall out into the future. I want to be able to live and play with my grandchildren. The fix was mm-hmm. to modify right. my lifestyle, which I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, 12, 13 years ago. And uh, I released that weight. I didn't lose it because, like, if I lose mm-hmm. my keys, I'm going to look for it. If I lose weight, I'm going to look for it. I released that weight. <laughs> I blessed oh, it and wow. released it. And... Yeah. So, um, anyway, that movie is cool. Um, that movie's cool. And uh, we did it with very little money. We didn't make any money, didn't expect to make money. We put it out there, mm-hmm. happily it's being viewed in schools and prisons today and it's showing people areas on you know, hacks on wealth, inspiration, success and happiness. And it's a beautiful thing, and I'm very proud of Greg Reed. It was his brain child. He asked me to host it. I said, No uh <laughs> he goes, No, Wow you, 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 I want you to do this and so, so I, I I did and uh, and it's cool.
1: I'm looking at your, your bio, and it says David Corbin was awarded the Innovation of the Year by Bank of America. So tell me a little yeah, bit about cool. that. How were you able to get that honor?
2: Well, here again comes to illuminate. It was an invention. I invented something <laughs> called the status view. It was a medical device, touchscreen, mm-hmm. medical history, patient interview. And um mm-hmm. we worked uh, it's a trip, and we worked in optometry and ophthalmology. And it was a pure god shot. I was teaching a mm-hmm. course for a, a national organization, an eye doctor came in, he's in a wheelchair, he says, Man, I love what you're talking about. Can we go to lunch? Ninety days later we created a product and took it to market. And so but face it, eye doctors, mm-hmm. um Don't they can't make money unless they dispense glasses, you know, spectacles, Mm -hmm. you know, lenses and frames. Mm -hmm. And but they don't they don't want to sell glasses, you know, (laughs) you know. I I went to school to be a doctor, not a salesman. So they tell their opticians, you you sell them. Opticians go, I don't want to sell them. And then there's another person in there in the equation, the patient. The patient doesn't want to be sold. So we created a system that brought. (laughs) It brought to the awareness of the patient issues and challenges Mm -hmm. and problems that they wanted to solve. Might be Mm -hmm. no line bifocals, might be uh, sunglasses that change color automatically, might be thin lenses, might be anti reflective coatings, it might be non scrub, whatever it is. It might be a second pair of glasses, you know, for computer glasses because they get neck, back, and shoulder pain. So through this interactive software, as a pretest, mm-hmm. the patient is becoming aware of the issues and they have a desire mm-hmm. to solve the issues. So instead of selling the patient products, the patients are now actively buying products to solve mm-hmm. their personal problems. And it was an idea, and we took it to market, we tested it and tested it and modified it and tested it. And uh, we we won this innovation of the year, and um, and it's all wow. because of Face It, follow it and fix it.
1: Wow, that's awesome! You are known as mentor to mentors. How did you get that honor to be called that?
2: You know, God only knows. Uh, <laughs> I I mentor people, and they. God bless them, they become very successful. And they go, Well, who mentored you? You David Mm -hmm. Corbin, I I want that guy as my mentor. (laughs) And, (laughs) right, um, of course. And, right, and, and and it just, it just sort of caught on. And I mentor people that are pretty famous and successful, Uh, and then people who are not yet, Mm -hmm. but probably will be. Uh, I mm-hmm. think, given the right mentorship, people can actualize their potential, mm-hmm. and that there's there's no reason not to, and there's all the reason to become the best you can be at whatever it is. Just, just oh. yeah. So I like to um, I like to see where people have talents and unique talents. I also like mm-hmm. to see where they got their foot on the brake, where they have patterns mm-hmm. that are holding them back, and uh, when you put that together um, and uh, it, it, it's just such an honor and a pleasure to work with some of the people that I work with i've had to fire it, uh, two of them <laughs> they weren't doing the work, <laughs> and i don't want take them, I don't want to take their money and waste my time oh. and their money. Yeah. If they're not going to do the work, um, mm-hmm. but by and large, uh, many, many, many people that I've mentored uh, are my, now my friends and family. They weren't at first, but we have mm-hmm. such a level of intimacy. You know, very often when, when I mentor them, they'll fly in and I'll personally pick them up at the airport, take them back to know. my place. I've got a cottage on the back of the property. They spend the night in the cottage, and then the next day, we spend a full day, morning to night, uh, working. Wow. And, um, wow. Uh, yeah. So, it's uh, it's a beautiful thing. I love the process. I mean, here, like, you know one of the guys that I've, you know, a lot of the people I've mentored, but um, mm-hmm. one of them, Greg, uh, you know, I was the best man at his wedding. I feel like uh, oh,
0: wow.
2: his son is um, is a grandchild uh, to me. That's the, that's a level of intimacy that uh, is possible in a in a in a deep mentoring relationship.
1: Well, awesome! Thank you, thank you, David Corbin, for saying yes and sharing your illuminating story with us. And I truly appreciate you being on Let's Talk Coalition. Leave a room for a deserved podcast. It was epic and it was historic. We did do that and we left a lot of gems for so many people to hear.
2: Well, thank you for having me. And let me just simply say that I can't say yes to every podcast, but I'll say yes to you and just about anything because you're a champion, you're a proven champion, you, you're courageous, you talk about warrior you talk about from the inside out and you're the real deal and you can always count on me. uh, And I'm just proud of the work you're doing.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, David. It's been a pleasure. Bye for
2: now. All right. Bye now.
0: Let's talk Corelicious. leave room for dessert podcast with Miss V. The core life coach will give you the tools to build resilience and activate the leader within and identify what truly matters in your life. Some years down the line, you'll look back and smile at how you thought you might not get through it. That's when you'll be proud of yourself for prioritizing your well-being and personal growth. You are the rock star that your family and kids look up to for light. Let's help you grow and evolve with Let's Talk Corelicious Leave Room for Dessert podcast with Miss V, the Core Life Coach, an unparalleled opportunity to truly live up to your fullest potential and find comfort in your own skin.